this morning we celebrate a wonderful feast of the Immaculate Conception of the Blessed Mother. And we have this uh, wonderful array of scriptural texts, all very, very rich. In Genesis, we have uh, a revelation that's been given to us for us to know that from the beginning, from the beginning of human history, it was prophesied the gospel and the full plan of salvation through Jesus Christ was prophesied. And so after the original sin, God says, I, he says to the devil, I will place enmity between you and the woman, between your seed or your offspring and her seed. He will strike your head and you will strike his heel. And so from the beginning we see the woman, we hear about the woman and her seed. And if we can look over at our statue, if you notice all the statues, you have the Blessed Mother and she's stepping on the head of the serpent. And so there is a cosmic battle between two sides, between good and evil. On the, on the evil side we have the devil. On the good side we have the woman and her seed. And God has placed enmity between these two sides. These two sides are the perfect representatives of this enmity, of this battle. And so it is fitting that Mary would be at perfect enmity from with the devil. At perfect enmity with him, that there would be perfect enmity that would exist between the woman, between our, our lady and the devil. And so Mary, along with Jesus, were never at any point in, the, in their lives under the reign of the devil, under his dominion. They were never his friends, even from their conception. And so original sin, original sin has no place in Christ our Lord, and it never did. He was never under the domain of darkness. He was never under the domain of sin or of the devil. And so also for Our Lady, who is paired right along with our Lord, Mary was never under the domain of the devil, never in her league. There was always perfect enmity between her and the devil from her very conception. And so that's what we celebrate today is the Immaculate Conception. That from her conception, she was always on God's side. She was always in a state of grace. We, on the other hand, we are born into original sin and we need to be baptized to get on the side of God. In a certain sense, we are under the domain of the devil from our birth because that's the consequence of original sin. This is why baptism is so important. And in our second reading from Ephesians, there's a line that says, The grace that he, meaning God, has granted us in the beloved, in Jesus. But uh, a stricter translation would read like this. Uh, God has done this. He has chosen us for the praise of the glory of his grace with which he engraced us in the beloved. 
the grace with which he embraced us in the beloved. And that word that I'm translating embraced, this verb, is a Greek word and it's, yeah, it's, it shows up only one other time in the New Testament. And that is in our gospel reading from Luke where the angel Gabriel appears to Mary and says to her, Hail, full of grace. So the Greek word that's translated full of grace is the same word that I'm, in, I'm translating, he embraced us. So we could, we could translate the angelic salutation as hail, engraced one. Engraced one. Mary is the engraced one. But we have been engraced in Jesus Christ. And so there's this connection between us and Mary. Mary is the supreme exemplar. She was chosen by God from before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless just as we were chosen from before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless. Except she, her election was all that much more perfect because her holiness and her blamelessness, which can also be translated immaculateness, her holiness and her blamelessness or immaculateness was from her very conception, whereas for us it begins at the sacrament of baptism. And but whether it's us through the sacrament of baptism or her from her conception, both of these are in the beloved, that is, through Jesus Christ, through the grace that has been won for us in him, in the incarnation and the redemption that was wrought at the cross. And then finally, I would just say that Mary is not only our exemplar, whom we, who we want to be, the most perfect example of who we're called to be, but she is the supreme mediator that we need to go to to get to Jesus, to get that grace. And we see that if we return back to our first text in Genesis, where, speaking of Eve, it says, She became the mother of all the living and Eve here is a prophetic foreshadowing or type of Mary. And Mary then is the mother of all the living. So she's not just our example, but she is the one that gives birth to us. And the life that is being spoken about here is the supernatural life of grace. And so I encourage you, all of you, very much, my brothers and sisters, we need to go to Mary to get to Jesus. And if you notice in the prophecy that's given in Genesis chapter 3, I will place enmity between you, devil, and the woman, between your seed and her seed. Mary is mentioned before Jesus. Mary is mentioned before Jesus. The woman comes before her seed. And so also when Elizabeth greets Mary, she says, Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. She mentions Mary first before she mentions Jesus. Not because Mary is in some ultimate sense more important and significant in the, in the uh, economy of salvation, but because for us, Mary comes first. We need to go to her first if we want to get to Jesus. And that's simply the way that God has ordained it. And so when we pray, I encourage us all, pray to Mary. God has ordained it that just as he brought his son into the world through Mary, 
so in our spiritual lives, His grace and His salvific life will come to us through Mary.